0: folks and welcome to the show. I am your host Charles Max Wood, and this is going to be an episode that we're going to just use to fill in a couple of the things Um, and mainly it's an opportunity for me to talk to you about what devchat.tv is all about and what I'm working on. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. It has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code DEVCHAT at Sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code DEVCHAT at Sentry.io. I want to kind of back up and just talk a few minutes about how I came to the conclusions that I did And also, um, I've had a few people ask me to tell my podcasting story. So I'm going to kind of get into that as well. All right. Um, I plan to do this in a few other places, uh, primarily around um, YouTube. Um, I'm working on some uh, applications that people can use to build their own podcasts. Um, And essentially, the idea is is that there are a few things that fuel podcasts on on that particular front. Uh, Mainly, it's um, audience and attention. Uh, money, uh, you know, through sponsorships or Patreon or whatever, and uh, things like that. And so I'm going to be talking about um, how how to get all that over on some other shows that I'm going to be starting here within the next few months. But in the meantime, um, I'm going to be talking about the podcast at devchat.tv. So um, if we back up a few months, um, and this year has really been crazy with travel for me, um, I got to the point um, where I was talking a lot about podcasting. At Microcom and um, at the um, Code Beam San Francisco in February, and while I was there, especially at Code Beam, uh, I met a whole bunch of people uh, and and was talking to them about podcasts. One of the people was Johnny Wynn, and he he had a show called Elixir Fountain, and it was a show that I think he intends to bring back. And uh, as we were talking, it just turned out that there was kind of this. Uh, disconnect between his ability to spend the time uh, producing the show and his ability to pay somebody to produce the show. And so eventually he kind of slowed down, um, you know, just to kind of keep pace with what he was capable of doing. And then eventually the show stopped, which to me is kind of a a shame because, you know, I like hearing what he has to say. Um, so we had him on Elixir Mix and we, you know, we talked about the show and um, you know, some of the, the the guys there were fans of his show and things like that, and so um, it really got me thinking a lot about the fact that there are shows that are started for some of these communities that just disappear. Um, about the same time, I started looking around for other shows that might be disappearing, and one of the ones I found was the Food Fight Show, which is a show about DevOps uh, run by the folks from Chef. If you've been involved in the Ruby community for a while, you probably know Nathan Harvey and Nell Shamrell Harrington and the efforts that they've done over there and it was a terrific show too but it had also kind of started to fade and with them it was just all of the work that went into making the show go and I thought okay well if I can solve the production issues help them refocus the show a little bit so that it's a little less chef focused a little more DevOps focused which after talking to them sounded like kind of where they wanted to go anyway and you know, could could solve some of these issues, find some sponsors to help pay for the production and everything else that we could keep the show alive. And so, you know, we've kind of been working on that as well. And so I started reaching out to other shows about um, getting them onto um, devchat.tv and helping them continue to be out there. And, you know, it's always an interesting balance to strike right between, okay, well, I'm putting on... Putting in work on on the show, um, my team's putting in work on the show. So how much do I take and how much do I not take? And you know how much do I reinvest in the show versus re, you know investing in the infrastructure behind the show and things like that. Um, you know and pay myself for my time and stuff like that. And so that that that's an interesting conversation to be had. But most of these folks really just want to keep the show alive, and that's ultimately my focus as well. Um, so anyway, so I started talking to people around those ideas at. Um, at CodeBeam, and then I went to MicroConf. And at MicroConf, I started talking to people again. And it was funny because I was talking to people about uh, the software as a service that I'm building for podcasting. And before long, we'd wind up talking about podcasting and about their desire to create a podcast for their niche community. And there were a bunch of people there doing a bunch of different things. And they were all really, really interesting problems to be solved, but a few of them, as I talked to them, it became readily apparent that they really could do a, a solid marketing campaign through a podcast. Uh, one example was uh, the folks from cleverific. I think it was. Um, I think I talked to somebody named Andrew who had listened to Ruby rogues because you know, he, he wrote apps for Shopify or plugins for Shopify, which is mostly done in rails. And so we were chatting and you know, he had listened to some of the shows and I was like, well, why don't you do a show about Shopify? And he's like, Well, you know, that sounds like an interesting marketing opportunity. Tell me more. And so as we got talking, it became apparent that, hey, look, there aren't a lot of shows out there about being a vendor on Shopify. And there aren't a lot of shows out there that talk about Shopify plugins. And the trick was, was talking to them, I realized that they shouldn't do a show on what their plugin does. Uh, what they should do a show on is being on Shopify and being a Shopify vendor, because then they add all this value to their customers and then their customers come to know and trust them and then they'll buy their plugin. Right. And so I had that same conversation four or five times and realized that there could be this sense of serving the community, but also in a way that comes back to you and your company and things like that. And so If your heart and soul really is in the community that you're trying to serve, then you can make it work for you. Now, the flip side is, is that it also occurred to me that then I ought to have some products that I can put out there so that as people come to know and trust me and trust the shows that we put out on DevChat, that they have something to go to, right? And so it was kind of the reverse thing the other way. And so I've been thinking a lot about that, but I wanted to put things out there that really serve the community, right? Even though they were mostly money-making ventures and I do make some money on the uh, sponsorships. Ultimately the idea was to get that going. And so um, that's kind of coming to fruition now with everywhere JS and everywhere RB and some of the other stuff that I'm working on at the moment. Um, the get a coder job book, I felt driven to finish that. Right. And so now I re- rebranded it as find your dream coder job. Um, but anyway, so you, you get the idea, you know, I, I I've been putting these things out there. But I, and and I was starting to get an idea of really where I wanted to go with devchat.tv at that point. And so as I worked through some of the ideas behind devchat and podcasts and community and what I really wanted, I wound up going next to NgConf, and that's the conference uh, in Salt Lake City for Angular developers. And it's the big one. It it had like 2000 people there. And Um, I have the benefit of having podcasted about Angular for like four or five years. And so I know a lot of the people who were there. And so I wound up doing a whole bunch of um, interviews and stuff with people while I was there. And I kept having the same conversation over and over again with people again about the podcasts. And finally, I I had somebody ask me, so so what are you trying to do with devchat.tv? And I thought about it and I said, well, I'm still formulating that right because before it was well i want to empower developers to you know make a difference and and find freedom in their careers and and that's something that i'm looking for as as a result of the podcast but i didn't really feel like that was the mission per se of devchat.tv that that's the mission more of each show right is to help people level up and you know find the job that they want and gain the skills that they need so that they can be successful in what they're doing and that they can find freedom to, to move from jobs they don't like to jobs they like, you know. And, and I feel like in a lot of cases too, some jobs, let's just face it, some jobs suck. Um, some jobs don't suck if you fit well with them. And some jobs are really great if you fit well with them. And I found that a lot of people, it, it's more of a fit between the person and the company or the person and the team than it is that that job really sucks all around, right? It's just, they provide more of what one person's looking for than another. And so what I want is I want people to be able to work to gain the skills that they need so that they have the flexibility to move to the job they fit the best. And then ultimately, the jobs that suck will either figure out that they suck, and they'll figure out how to do better. Or they won't be able to hire anybody because everybody else is doing well and where they want to be. And, you know, they'll, they'll have to figure something out. And so that, that's kind of where I, I'm hoping each show can get each community to. But for DevChat.TV itself, it, it felt off. The mission didn't really fit. And so as I was talking to people, I started out telling people we liberate software's software developers to build, a, you know, to find freedom and, and build the software that makes a difference. And by the end of the conference, I was telling people my mission is to make sure that every programming community has a podcast and that every developer knows that there's a podcast out there for them. And the reason that I got to that was because I realized that, you know, talking to say the Ionic, uh, crew, right. And they're, they're saying, yeah, well, we started a podcast and we're talking about Ionic. Um, you know, I've talked to a few other people around, you know, uh, thinkster.io, we do the production for their show, dev ed podcast, which you should check out. It's really good. Um, but it's that kind of thing where it's okay. How do I make sure that every community has a show? Because, if every community has a place where they're having the conversations that community needs to have and they feel like they can join in and even though they can't participate fully in the conversation, that somebody is saying what they're thinking and answering the questions that they have so that they can gain the skills that they need to move ahead, then that's what we're about. But, but every community deserves to have a show. Every community deserves to have good content that's gonna get them there. Funny enough, I just talked to somebody a few minutes ago about possibly uh, adopting a cold fusion podcast, you know, talk about technology that you think nobody uses anymore. Um, But apparently there are a number of people still out there. And I, I I assume with most technologies, yeah, there's always going to be some code out there that somebody wrote that needs to be maintained. Um, And, you know, maybe one of these communities, something's going to come together and pop up and, and, you know, make a big difference for them. You know, maybe Cold Fusion would come back because somebody invents something over there. I don't know. But ultimately, you know, having these communities out there is something that's really, really important to me. And so I've really started working on that as a whole. And that's driven me to start a bunch of new shows. So uh, some of the things that I thought I might just uh, talk through here for a few minutes are some of the shows that I want to start. And then I'm going to go back and I'll talk through my coding journey. Um, specifically with Ruby rogues, I keep getting asked the same thing. I'm probably actually just gonna, I may just tell that story instead and just answer that question as part of the, um, podcast community. Um, but, but we'll see where we'll see where we wind up anyway. So interestingly enough, when I started uh, working on new shows, um, the shows that I wanted to start were some of the up and coming technologies that I feel like are getting close to the verge where one solid breakthrough or one uh, bit of technology that goes mainstream is all they're really waiting on. Uh, one of those is AI and machine learning. So in artificial intelligence, we keep hearing about it. Uh, more and more people are getting into some of the learning models, and um, you know they're learning languages so that they can go work on it and things like that. You keep hearing about you know TensorFlow, and uh, I think Microsoft has an AI initiative, and um, uh, I think AWS is working on you know something similar, right? So you can train systems to figure out your stuff right and so that kind of machine learning is going on in a lot of places and again you know we we have these very specific ais but they seem to really in a lot of ways intuit their way into ways of solving problems and so as those algorithms get better or faster i think eventually we're going to the we're going to get to the point where a lot of things are going to be driven by ai that we wouldn't even think make make sense to do by AI and what's going to happen is we're going to get to the point where uh, people are are seeing it show up so maybe my toaster has AI in it right and so from the way that I push down the uh, the little button to put the bread in it'll know that it's me and it'll know that I like my toast a certain way right so after so many times of me fiddling with it to get the toast just right it's going to take that feedback enough to know oh okay Um, it needs to be about this doneness or it needs to cook for about this long or something, right? It's going to have some value in it for that. Um, You know, all the way up to solving some of these other problems um, that are hard to put an algorithm around, but can kind of have this, hey, I fed you a whole bunch of data. Now, what about this? Um, And so anyway, I, I think we're going to see those get faster and better and more intelligent. And so as we... Um, As we kind of work through that and figure that out, um, I think we're a good few years from that just taking off. And so I wanted to do a show about it. Uh, Similarly, similarly with IoT, um, you know, a lot more devices are coming out. Um, I consider also things like the Amazon Echo and some of the features in smartphones to be essentially IoT functions. And so as we get there and it ties back into things like serverless functions and things like that, Um, we're going to see a lot of things change, I think, over the next few years there too, just just from the sense of having these devices that are capable of doing a lot of things. And then as they collect data and we feed it back into the AI systems, right, you kind of get the idea that it'll figure out what kind of patterns and what kinds of things it should be reacting to. And then all of a sudden we have this interactive world that kind of happens around us without us really realizing it. And then the last one that I see kind of up and coming, and I think is probably, you know, five years or so out is virtual reality and augmented reality. And I've been telling people for a while that we already have augmented reality. The, the problem is, is that I have to pull my phone out of the pocket, my pocket to use it. Right. So I can interact with the world around me. I can take pictures of things. I can um, scan QR codes. I can, you know, so, so right now it's very, very analog, but.